Hi guys, and welcome back to another podcast episode. I am your host, Tiff Marie, and today is part two of Church Hurt. So, here we go. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, It has been a full week since the release of part one of Church Hurt. And I just want to say that uh, the response has been very, very good. Um, All the messages and conversations that I've had so far have been very liberating and very eye-opening. I am so uh, delighted that a lot of this, uh, this episode has touched so many of you. And when I made the episode, I already knew that it was a lot of people suffering from church hurt. And there's a lot of people that, uh, haven't heard the episode yet. So do me that favor and share and subscribe and like, and tell people about it, uh, so the discussion can get started, you know, um, how we overcome anything in life is simply by communication. It starts with the conversation. And a lot of times we sit in silence when we deal with certain things in our life because we don't want to address it and we feel alone. And to be honest, I knew when I first, you know, experienced church, heard I was younger but as I've gotten older, I realized there's millions of millions of us <laughs> that have experienced church hurt. And, you know, it's something that we don't talk about. Like I said in the first episode, I mean, the first part, we just say like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you experienced that and I need you to get over that. And that doesn't do any of us any justice. It definitely doesn't put us in a uh, spiritual place. Well, we're back for part two, and I just want to say I got my matcha. I got my matcha tea, so I'm ready. I had to get my matcha tea. I got up early to get it, too. So I'm going to get my tea very, very early so I can enjoy it. But I'm, I had it today, and I think I need to downgrade my size because it was too much. It was too much. I think I'm going to have to get a real small size because it, it, it just was too much. It was too much. It was. I, I had to force myself to finish the drink because I didn't want to let it sit. Because when you let something sit, some things are just not good when it sit. It's just not one of those things. And I think matcha tea is one of those. After trauma has occurred, the first thing you fear is recurrence of the situation. You have anxiety and you focus on flashbacks or any activity that is associated with the trauma. And what's so funny is, for some of us, that's church. 
I told my best friend I have PTSD from church and she always laughs. And this is indeed no disrespect to any soldier or anyone that is literally honestly suffering with PTSD and have to take medication. But I could not find uh, the words to describe my feelings. And when I looked up PTSD, I realized that it means more than just that. But I just want to put that out there for anybody that may think I'm making light of it. I'm honestly not. Trauma is when you have experienced something that has put an imprint into your mind and into your spirit that has left an impression on you so great that you are either afraid or you are like, never again. Never. Have you ever went through something in your life, whether it was church hurt or just anything, being poor, not having a car, being abused, coming to church and feeling like I just told the pastor this situation and I could have sworn he just mentioned it in his sermon. You know what? I'm never opening up again about anything because I'm not about to be your sermon topic. And you vow, you say, you know, never again. I will never experience that hurt. My personality and how I am built, I'm like that. Once I experience something, I'm a person that never likes to re-go back. I've met a lot of people in my life that they keep experiencing the same cycles over and over and over again. And church hurt is something that once it happened to me, I said, oh, I will never experience that again. Nope. No, 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 no. And for others, it may be other areas in your life where you say, this will never happen to me again as long as I live. And as you get older, you begin to add to the list. Like, I'm not about to experience A, B, C, or D. Like, never again. Never again. I swear, when you drink matcha or anything before you podcast, it likes to echo while you're podcasting. And so you're like, I'm not dealing with the trauma. And the difference between having physical trauma and having church trauma is that the response with physical trauma is immediate assistance. It's immediate aid. It's immediate fix. They are there. If you're in the hospital, they're ordering meds. They're getting your IV going. They're giving you the pain meds to ease the pain, to get you out of pain completely. They're setting up a a a, a plan for you. A team of doctors are meeting outside that curtain that you don't know anything about. And they're sitting there saying, Tiffany Dabney, female, 33 years old comes in with such and such pain. I need doctor over here. I need the OB. I need general. I need whatever. And they all meet up while you're sitting there and the nurses are doing what they do, which shout out to all the nurses. And they're putting the IV in. They're getting the pain meds and making sure you're good, taking your blood pressure. There's a team of doctors coming together to figure out what are we going to do with Tiffany, the patient that came into ER or has came into the hospital with such and such pain. And they're coming together with a plan. It's not like that with church. Once you get hurt in church, there's an immediate 
exile, in my opinion. If I'm if I'm using the word wrong, forgive me. But there's an immediate X. There's not a hug. There's not a uh, come here. Let's see what's wrong. There's a front. Come here. Let me see what's wrong. But the black the backlash with that is hilarious. And there's no immediate aid. The first thing churches try to do is make you forget your pain. Oh, that was in the past. You got to move forward. They start singing the song. You make all things. And you sitting there like, I understand that. Or what I said in the first part. Uh, well, what does it have to do with God? And so there's an immediate dismissal of your pain. And so most people go ahead and get right to work, get right to serving, get right to usher board, nurses board, choir director, whatever. And so when you build up trauma, meaning that I'm coming in with a situation and all I'm doing from that is building from that. So my foundation that I'm building on is hurt, but I'm going to keep building on it because that is what has been told to me. It's not saying, hey, come and unload. And this is how people get away with it. We tell you to come to the altar and bring your burdens and talk to Jesus. And so some people do that. You know, they, they you know, God, no, 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 no. But you're being like forced and pulled into a direction and you're so wounded. But you do it anyway. You serve anyway. You do it. Any, you do that anyway. But the trauma is never addressed. And so. You go and your problems will be dismissed, dismissed, dismissed. And so I was thinking about all the churchgoers and church members that are like that. 20 years of trauma just sitting on it and it's big, it's thick. And we wonder why we have some of these mean, evil saints and these judgmental saints and these saints that will throw you away so quick that it's ridiculous because I think sometimes that church trauma, that church hurt, that church offense is not directly dealt with. It's not, it's not solved. It's masked over by shouting, by hugging, by crying, by running around, by being busy. And so all of these things are happening and we're running around and some people are psycho Mentally disturbed, but run auxiliaries, run departments, have the nerve to cook, missionary work, preaching the gospel, pastor, bishop, whatever. And we're just running around a bunch of hurt individuals. And when people come in with church hurt, we don't know how to address it, but put a bandaid over it or half the time. Not even that. It's more of an attitude like, well, we're not like those other people. Did the, you know, I don't think sometimes we really listen to what we say when we say things to people. We just say things because they sound good. And I said before that I'm learning how not to be that way with my friends. I am learning to be a better listener in my older age. And I know y'all like, girl, you is not that old. <laughs> but I'm, I'm being real. I'm learning to shut my mouth and listen to what someone is saying to me. So I can respond correctly. So where is the team of people or where is the people that we need to help those who need the most help? 
Whether you're a sinner coming from the streets to the church or whether you're a church person coming from one church to the next. Because every trauma is different. Every case is different. Everybody's wound is not the same. Some come with sexual manipulation wounds. Some come with being burnt out. Some come with being um, excluded because they're gay. Some come with the pastor took all my money and so I'm never going to tithe again. And we're so busy trying to to say, oh, you're okay, but we're not okay. I was looking at a video, um, I think it was last year, my best friend sent it to me. And those of you that are frequent on Facebook, you probably seen it, where the pastor got up and said that he was burnt out and he was tired and that he needed a break and that he was dealing with depression and that he was dealing with all these things. He just named so many things that he was saying that he overworked himself, being everything to everyone else. And him within himself was depleted. He was dying, basically. And physically, it started to take a toll on him as well. But spiritually, he was really jacked up. And that just, when I was listening to the video, just reminds me of just how we are. How we immediate assistance we do not get. And I know someone listening will say, well, we have God. Of course, of course, of course. I never want to dismiss that. But the Bible says that we are helpers to one another. In the Bible, God always uses people. That's just how it goes. You're never going to get around people. Trust me, I've tried it and you can't. So we always are going to need each other. Even when the word of God is being preached to you, someone is preaching the word. They're the vessel giving you the word. Any, any transaction in this world, someone is helping you do that. There's never a time where you're just doing everything alone completely. Unfortunately, it's not like that, although we would want it to be, especially us introverts. We would love that introverts. I'm an introvert and I would love sometimes to just have no one around so I can do everything. But that's impossible. So we're in this state of church hurt and it's being masked. And lots of times for a group of us, we just don't go back. We're like, I'm not going back ever. And so we become the lost ones. The ones that know the truth, the ones that have a heart for God and want to to be in the house of God. But just that church hurt, that trauma is really great. And I just want to go ahead and warn you now that you will probably hear some noise outside. And I apologize for that because I did not know that with, you know, the podcast studio would have so much noise. I apologize for that. But we're going to go ahead and go ahead. So if you hear it. I sincerely apologize, but I want you to get this. So we're walking around with the type of issues and type of problems. And we never set foot back in the church. So now my question to God was, where do I go from here? And maybe that's your question too. I have this church hurt. I have this church problem. I've experienced all that I've experienced and where do I go from here God the very place where you told me to go to find safety to find refuge to find peace I am very uncomfortable at I don't feel safe here 
And this has nothing to do with you, God. But then it does. But my initial beef is with your people. My initial beef is when I went, how I was treated or what happened to me or whatever. So, God, what do I do now? That was my question when I left. What do I do? I was kind of forced out. I don't want to say I left. I was forced. But what what do I do? And I always call it the lost years because I honestly felt like I was wandering around. Trying to find out what do I do now? And in my assumption, what I felt was like God was totally silent. I, I told God, you just left me out here to figure out my hurt, to figure out my pain by myself. Where is the accountability? I felt who is going to take responsibility <laughs> of what has happened? Because the church don't want to take responsibility. They want to mask up. And when I say church, I'm talking about the whole body of what happened. Who cleaning up this mess, God? Because I'm the one wounded and I can't clean up and, and be wounded at the same time. I need someone that's not wounded to help aid me out of my situation. So, God, where does that leave me? Lost. <laughs> Lost and out here. What do I need to do? My experience, God, has definitely made me not want to continue on in the future with my spirituality. I'm completely lost. And I remember many nights in my bed looking out the window up to the sky. I love talking to God like that and asking God, what is going on? When I started back talking to God, because as you know, I spent years without saying anything because of the hurt. So someone asked me um, that listened to the podcast and said, so now that I have identified the reason why I don't want to go back to church, what would be your solution to the problem? And I looked at that message for a long time because I was sitting there within myself saying that I don't really have a solution for you. I didn't text that back. But in that moment when that was sent, I was like, wait, I have no solution. Only solution I have that I can give as an aid is my experience. And my experience is that I had to understand that God and the church were different, but yet the same. And listen to what I'm saying. I had to settle my my beef with God. I'm so sorry for the noise. I'm so sorry. I had to settle my beef with God. I had to realize that I had to make my peace with God. I would say that. Um, I had to just really sit back and process my trauma. Because I had knew after a while what was wrong and what caused everything within me to to fall to pieces and I had to deal with my self first and as I told um you guys the last episode I had to slowly gather myself back to God but I wanted to know who was going to take accountability for me being lost and I felt like at this point all that I did in church My walk with God, all the prayer, all the revivals, all the testimony, all the everything that I did. And I'm lost. I'm out here. 
At home on a Sunday? What is going on? At home on a Sunday? That was never me. I was at church at 6 in the morning. So how would I go from 6 in the morning to at 10 a.m. on a Sunday in bed watching TV or at breakfast? (laughs) At breakfast on a Sunday. That just wasn't normal to me. And I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? It reminds me of this. Those of you that are parents, the Bible says that God is our heavenly father. And we say the prayer, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, we say that, right? And God is our heavenly father. And those of you that have kids, multiple kids, or maybe just one child, you know your kid. And you know exactly how to deal with your kid. Sometimes even when you look at your kids, you see yourself so much in your kid that even when they do something, you already know they're lying. When they make a move, you know, because you made that move. Even your parents see your kid and say, oh God, your kid's acting like you when you were a child. And so God is our spiritual heavenly father. And we equate to our natural fathers and mothers and things like that that are over us, that lead and guide us and, and love us. God is the same way. And I feel like once we, we, we analyze the hurt, what happened to us, we can kind of look and see that God knows the season and the road better than us. In my lost season, I was always his daughter. Still, when they talked about me, I was still his daughter. When they misunderstood me, I was still his daughter. When they bashed me on Facebook, I was still his daughter. Even in the rough season of the dark places that you are experiencing right now, and the deep-rooted hurt, whether it's deep-rooted or freshly new, God is with you in that season even when you are mad at him he is with you even when you are pissed at the outer circumstance of why in the hell did you allow me to experience this you are are you running me away from your house because you're doing a good job at it god you wanted me to run i'm running i'm on the run I'm on the run, God, and I'm out though, and I'm never coming back because they're all crazy. And I never have to subject myself, my kids or anybody I love to that type of abuse again because it's just not happening. It is not happening. So when I look at God as being my heavenly father, he knows my problem and my feelings. Once I grasp that whole thing, I am not scared anymore of what people think about me. Once I knew and, 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 and it became like a revelation to me and it sticks to me to this day that no one knows me like God. No one knows how I feel like God knows. So they can have their opinion about my spirituality or how further along I should be. Or how I should be wherever I need to be. But God see. He saw. He was right there. In the midst of my choices. In the midst of 
because some sometimes our church hurt low key comes from our bad decisions. Sometimes we play a very big part in the in the demise of our spirituality, if we can just be honest, because of the way that we move. So every like I said, everybody's spirituality, everybody's church hurt is not created equal. Sometimes we full forcefully go into stuff where I tell between our legs, knowing we wrong. Knowing we are wrong, but we do it anyway. And sometimes we are a victim of someone else's hurt, whether there was church hurt or there was just a mental imbalance there. And then we have to deal with that. But who going to clean up this mess? I want them to look me in my face and admit that they hurt me. I want justice. I want answers. This is what I would say. And maybe you say it too. I want somebody to pay for this. Are you paying for this? Because you messed up my life. You messed up my, my, my innocence. You messed up my perception. You did that with your humanistic butt. You did that with your lying, with your manipulation. You took advantage of my innocence and now I am broken. I am left out here to fend for myself. And I don't trust a collar more than I trust a drug dealer. I don't treat y'all the same to me. I don't trust anybody because I am hurt. Hurt people hurt people. And that is the very true statement. Who is going to take accountability for me being lost? I, you know, church is a hospital. I used to hear that all the time. And that's why I used the the, uh, natural analogy of a hospital versus a church. Because we come to church when we are at our lowest sometimes. When all else has failed, honey. When everybody did. When when all the money gone. When the man is left, when the woman has left, when the marriage has ended, when the child has died, when you are sick, when you are burdened down. Because that's what we've been taught. To bring your problems to the sanctuary and you will find refuge. And I'm going to tell you, that still stands to be very true. But we cannot, as a church, forget about the ones that are lost. It's a parable in the Bible about the prodigal son. It's, you know, Jesus made this comparison about leaving um, the 99 and going for the one sheep. So there's grace there. There's love there. There's definitely God cares. Even when I felt like, no, he doesn't. Absolutely not. I was really just amazed. You know, I was walking around laughing sometimes at myself like, you, you, you out of all people know you need to be on Sunday is at church, but you are here having breakfast with the other people. Like, like Sunday is just a regular day. You know, Sunday is the day we chose to worship and you're just here or you're out of town or you're in the bed sleep on a Sunday and your routine has been broken. And now you're just regular. You even picked up a few shifts on Sunday. Where does the reset button happen for me? And for you, when is it time to go back to church? When is it safe to go back? Will I experience the same thing I experienced before? Honestly, to be very, very transparent, walking into church for me is like an anxiety moment. I get a full-blown anxiety attack. I have flashbacks. You don't need to know where they came from or who did what. That's not that's not important. But I get flashbacks and I get anxiety attacks 
<laughs> and I'm like, God, help me. Help me. I've been in many services and I'm like, oh, God, give me the strength to make it through service without having 50 things go through my mind. I'm a whole lot better now. And that is by the grace of God that I am better. But there are a lot of people that are not even there yet with even walking through the door. They don't even listen to church at all. So my question to everyone listening to this episode, whether you are spiritual or not, what do we do with this problem that we have? Because someone has to take accountability for it. I can't solve it. One person can't solve it. Although, um, like I said, when part one came out, the, the flood of messages and people that have told me so many things. And I was sitting in my room like, and what do I do with all of this? I definitely prayed. I prayed for your encounter with God to increase and that God would meet you exactly where you are with your hurt. And by me going through it, I know that it will happen. But I also know it takes work. It takes work to build yourself back up to any point. We sometimes forget that the natural and the spiritual realm are kind of like hand in hand. A lot of things, spiritual principles are very natural principles as well. If you have surgery, you have to heal. You're down for a minute. You have to heal. Your body just has to heal. And you may walk funny for a little bit or you may bend down and have some pain. But then eventually you don't feel that way. It's the same thing spiritually. You're wounded right now. You're hurt right now. You have a, a, a experience that has ran you away. But I guarantee if you start working on that thing, you will, you will eventually begin to heal. And it will surprise you. It will surprise you how much you will heal. And I'm not saying that you will walk right into the church right now. But you will begin to heal. You'll begin to make your peace. Because after all, it's all about God anyway. After everything is said and done, once everything, all the buildings and the the pews and and the collars and the robes, all that would eventually not even matter at some point in this life. And who will you stand in front of? You will stand in front of God. You will have to deal with God. And that is what I came up with through all of my experiences and my lost years And data I have gathered from everything that I've experienced in the house of God is that at the end, Tiffany, it's between you and God. And as I begin to fight my way out of the drowned place, the drowning place, the the water, the dark place, whatever place you want to call it, it was only one being being there for me, and that's God. I may not ever get a chance to get that apology. You may not ever get a chance to get, I'm sorry for hurting you. I'm sorry for manipulating you. I'm sorry for putting the church members against you. I'm sorry for breaking up your marriage. I'm sorry for molesting you because I had a problem. I'm sorry for telling you guys I needed this money for one thing, but I really was doing it with another. I'm sorry for making you feel inadequate in front of the saints. I'm sorry. You may not ever get those words. And that's when we have to ask God for peace. I don't want to miss out 
on my beautiful spiritual journey with God. Because it's important to me. Just as much as my natural relationships are with my family. I love my family very, very much. From my mother on down to my last cousin being born. (laughs) From my nieces and nephews, even to other people that I love very much. And those relationships mean a lot to me. Meaning that at some point I had to ask for forgiveness for things that I've done to offend them. Or at some point you have to say, I'm sorry, I disregarded you. I didn't call you back. I didn't, you know, wasn't there for you like I should have. At some point, we have to say, I have to forgive these people. Lord have mercy. I got to forgive these people. Oh, that's a hard pill. Because some of them, you feel like you don't deserve my forgiveness at all. Kick rocks, blow bubbles, go to hell. To hell you go, go play in traffic. No, never. But holding that in takes a lifetime. And I realized through talking to some of you this past week that you have been through some things that I have never experienced in church, but I've only heard of. And I've only, you know, sat and witnessed through conversation, but never actually went through some of the pain some of you have endured. And I can't take it away. But what I can do is be a light. And be an aid to you and tell you that this too shall pass. And I can tell you that because I've been there. And I'm not saying it to you so we can go ahead and cover it up with a band-aid. You may need therapy. You may need therapy. And church. You may need you may need to learn to trust again. You may need a lot of things. But what you show not gonna do is die like that. And not make your peace with God. I had told my friend this. And as I close this beautiful podcast. I told her like God has some serious explaining to do. (laughs) And I just I'm so confident in saying that. That a lot of people are offended by that. And they're like there's no way. There's no way you talk to God like that. Now God you have some explaining to do. When I was diagnosed with cancer. I was like, God, you got some explaining to do about that. Because what is this? What is this? What is this? Are you serious? I wish I had a video camera so I could take my facial expression when I got the call. We'll talk about it. And that's how I felt. My God, come on. Now we just getting back cool. And here you go with this. (laughs) Oh, God, that's how I felt. Now, I'm just now coming back from the nightmare. And here you come with this big bomb. What am I supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to do with this? What is this? Listen, (laughs) I hope and I pray that these two episodes, part one and part two, have done something to your spirit. These episodes were not meant to bash anybody, but rather to expose what we go through. I didn't have to name names. I didn't have to point out and call out situations of anything. I know someone wanted me to talk about a really big scandal that happened like uh, with a renowned pastor. I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's not what this is about. We already heard that. That's old news. We don't need to revisit that. That man is, is, is dead and gone and we'll need to bring that back up. 
But my purpose for this, if anyone was listening and wants, what's the purpose for it? Was to highlight my journey. And I know from part one that a lot of you have experienced my journey and are experiencing now, experiencing it now. And I just wanted to offer my hand out to you and tell you that you will recover. But the key thing is, do you want to recover? We got to deal with it. It's an uncomfortable, unfortunate situation. Sanctuary, a place of refuge and safety for some is a nightmare. But God is with you. And I don't have all the answers. I don't have any answers. <laughs> I don't have a if, shoulda, coulda, woulda. But I do know that I'm still discovering this spiritual journey. And one last thing, I remember I asked God, do I rebuild or do I reset? Because the 12-year-old girl that got saved and the 30, 30-year-old woman now are two different people. What do I do with all of that? All of that. What do I do with all that knowledge and wisdom poured into me and for me to be left lost in that season? What do I do with all of that? Do I rebuild? Do I forget? What do I do? And God is yet still teaching me how to walk with that. So I know that he will do the same for you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to my heart. And I hope that this episode has shined a light on you in whatever area you're dealing with and that you will make that walk on back. And it may be different this time, but this time you'll have more control. This time you'll you'll know what to do. This time you'll you'll realize that they're humans just like you. Humans with error that should have had more integrity, but didn't. It's going to be okay. I love you. And my DMs are open as they were for part one. And we all will get through this. And we all will journey back. And we will be better. We have to be better. Life is about experiences. And life teaches us how to be better. So we will be better. So until next time, I want you to take care of yourself. Love on yourself. Give yourself a really big hug today. And go get some Starbucks. Starbucks always makes me feel better. Or go get your favorite meal. Go sit by the water and talk to God. And just tell God how you feel. He talks back. All right. This has been another podcast episode with Tiff Marie. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Take care of yourself. Bye. So, here we go.